0: Or volunteers, right? So can we just give them a round of applause today? Which also means that if you are musically inclined in any way, we would love for you to use your gifts and abilities if you so choose. Um, So basically, we have been, Happy New Year, by the way, we've been kind of just ready to go, ready to just launch this new message series that we're in, but to kind of give you a little background. Since 2017, we launched into a vision called the 2020 Vision. Uh, not very uh, creative, but our idea was we had all this stuff we wanted to set our sights on, and this is where we wanted to go. And let me tell you, God just did miraculous things through these years up to 2020. Some of them that he did, uh, we can see If this will, there you go. First of all, we can see that um, we sent 2,000 people have engaged in small groups or on serving teams. And, of course, this is between three different campuses. We've invested 10,000 hours and $1.1 million in our community and overseas. And that's only possible through your generosity. So thank you so much for that. We've sent 231 of you on short-term missions whether that's local or global, and we've also, this, I'm not biased or anything, but this is my favorite thing that's come come into fruition for the 2020 vision, Uh, but part of that was to launch a third campus, and you're sitting in the campus, and so uh, God has done so much over these years, so much through the 2020 vision, and we are a product of that, so can we just thank God for that today? Absolutely. And it's really, truly been amazing to be a part of this 2020 vision, but 2020 is now behind us. And so we as a church have a responsibility to continue to go for or or follow our mission. And if you don't know what our mission is, our mission is to help people move one step closer to God and each other through Christ. Now, some of you said that along with me because we say that every week, don't we? Every week I'm up here and I remind you, that is our goal. I hope that you walk in these doors every single weekend and you take one step toward God and other people, but through Christ. That's our goal. That's our mission. And so that's exactly what we want to do. And so we're excited to let you know that our Vision 2023 is titled Growing Deeper. Growing Deeper. This is exactly what we want to do. And so over the last 34 years, as the chapel was established in Sandusky, and then eight year, well, yeah, eight years ago they launched into Norwalk. A couple years ago we launched over here in Port Clinton. And so over these last years, what what has happened is that we have grown really wide, much like the tree you see on there, just a, a tall tree with sprawling branches. But you know what the most important thing for a tall tree is? It's roots, right? It's root system. And so that's exactly what we want to do as a church. We want to develop our root system. In fact, this is is exactly what God desires for us to do as well. Look at some of these passages found in Scripture. This is my favorite psalm, Psalm 1. It says, they are like trees, and it's talking about people who follow him. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Look how important it's important where you're planted, and then also what you produce from that. You bear fruit. Look at this next passage in Matthew 17, 17 through 20. A good, tree, a good tree produces good fruit and bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Again, a passage that just highlights the importance of what we produce. And you can't produce something unless you have a healthy root system. And then my ultimate favorite one is this. This is found in the parable of the sower, which Jesus is giving them and showing them four different types of soil in which the seed of the gospel falls on. And this is the fourth one Matthew 13, 33, 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's Word and produce a harvest. Same idea as producing fruit of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. Listen, to be a stable and a healthy church, we need to be planted and growing in the right soil so that we can bear good fruit in our community. And it's so important that we have a healthy root system to feed that good fruit that we bear in our community. And so we've identified six different roots that we really want to focus on for these next three years. And so this is where we're headed for the next three years. And um, also, in the next six weeks, we're going to take one week to unpack each of them. And so here are the, the six roots that we've identified that we really want to just hone in on so that we can continue to develop a healthy and stability as a church. And so first, we want to build a culture of family. Next, we want to become like Jesus. Number three, equipping the next generation is vital for the health and stability of a church. Cultivating healthy relationships, gaining financial wisdom, engaging our neighborhoods, community, and our world. And so if we grow deeper in these six roots, I guarantee we will move one step closer as a church and as individuals in these next three years. And so I hope you're ready for the ride because we're going to just go for it, okay? And so let's jump in today to the first one, which is building a culture of family. Building a culture of family. Now, Some of you in this room, this this word family brings up some good memories. It also brings up some good emotions in your heart. You think of your family. You think of companionship. You think of belonging. You think of comfort. You think of love. In fact, when it comes to holiday season, you can't wait to be with your family. Maybe that's you today. For others of us, Family has a a negative connotation with it. That word family comes up in things like abandonment come to mind, things like hurt come to our emotions, and woundedness follows along. Because maybe you didn't grow up in a loving home, or maybe you're currently estranged from some of your family members right now. And so maybe that's you today. So maybe you're on this side of the spectrum where family is this good thing, enjoyable thing, Or you're over here on this spectrum and family brings some bad connotations to it. Well, no matter where you fall on the spectrum, you see, God desires for us to be a family as a church. That's what the family is supposed to be. The the church is supposed to resemble a family. And so if you're from a loving, caring family, the church should remind you, of your family, but be a better version of it. And if you're on the other end of the spectrum and this idea of family brings hurt or pain, then the church should redeem your view of what a family is. And so whether family is a good thing in your life, the church should remind you of that good thing, but but be a better version. And if you're on the negative side of things, the church should redeem your view of what a family is should be. The church having a culture of family is exactly what God has in mind for you and for me. In fact, in John chapter 17, we actually see Jesus pray for this. And so let's look at John 17, 20 through 21. This is Jesus's prayer. He says, I am praying Not only for these disciples, but for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So listen, he's not just praying for the disciples he's with. His prayer extends to us today. For all who will ever believe in me. Can you just think about that for a moment in this prayer in John 17? Jesus is praying for you and for me. It's pretty amazing. And so he prays for us those that will believe in the message, and here's what he prays for. We're really having issues with our, there it goes. It says, I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one. He's talking to God at this point, the Father, as you are in me, Father, I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. And so we can see here from this prayer that Jesus has a very specific vision for the church. So first, he's praying for his people uh, for, of all eternity, God's people, those who will believe in him. So not only those who are with him, but also extends all the way to us today. But not only that, he also gives us a clear picture that our family unit here should resemble or mirror the relationship of God the Father and God the Son, which shows this idea of oneness and unity in relationship. And so Jesus prays for us, that he says, I pray that they are one, that they have this oneness, and that it resembles the oneness that we have. And then he goes on to say, just as you and I are one, and I am in you, they may be in us. They may be in us, which also means, okay, so we see that we are supposed to be one and that oneness should resemble what the Father and the Son have, but that oneness is held together in God, in Him. Listen, God is the thread that holds each and every one of us here today. Because we all live in different homes, we all have different jobs, we all have different financial capabilities, we're all in different stages of life, and yet we can come into these doors every single week and worship together. What holds us together? God does. In us. We're held together in God. But here's the deal. God doesn't just want us to be a family that comes inside these walls and barricades everybody out. Because look how he ends. So that the world will believe that you sent me. This is amazing. Our culture of family, our culture of family is not just for us to be here, but it's so that God can use us to bring more people to himself so that more people will come and believe in Jesus. Our oneness, our love, our unity should be so beautiful that people will come to believe in the true identity of who Jesus is. And so, yes, it's amazing to be a part of this family, to feel our belonging. That's a good thing. God intends that to happen, but that's not the only thing. He also wants to use us. To bring more people to Himself. That was Jesus' prayer for the church. That's what Jesus desires for us. He wants us to build this culture of family so that more people can come to know Him as their Savior. And here's the beauty of this. John prays this in, or Jesus prays this in John 17. And look what happens in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And the believers, this is after Jesus died, resurrected, and he ascended and sent the Holy Spirit, and then this is what happens. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And the fellowship, I love that word, and the fellowship into sharing in meals, always a good thing, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, one of the most important things. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Jesus' prayer for the unity in the church is answered. Did you see that? What Jesus prayed in John 17 has come into fruition here in Acts 2. And from Acts 2 until today, this has been happening. I love that phrase. It says, and there they were in awe. I am in awe of what God can do through the family, through his family, through the church family. I am in awe of what God can do. You see, these people, they spent time together, they ate food together, they grew together, they took care of each other. They did what it took to build a culture of family. But the best part of it all And so not only were they there for each other, they built each other up, they edified each other. It's that last line. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. God used their culture of family, their unity, their oneness, to bring more people to himself. And that's exactly what he still wants to do today. It's still the same desire. It hasn't changed. It's not like it's a new culture and we need to fit, refigure it out. It's the same because he is the same. He doesn't change. And he continues to desire the same things. And so the question is, is how do we develop this culture of family? Well, it begins, I think, with what J.D. Greer says. The church is not an event to attend, but a family to belong to. Now, a lot of us will say, Yeah, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. But let me ask you a question. Here's a test for you. When someone asks you a question about church, how do you respond? Most of you, a lot of you, will say what I say sometimes Oh, I go to the chapel. Okay? Some of us, however, will say, Oh, I belong to the chapel. Do you see the difference? Whereas one, we say, Oh, You know what? Yes, I do go to a church. I go to the chapel. That sounds a lot like an an event to go to, doesn't it? Something that we just go to like a concert or a restaurant. And yet, some of us will say, oh, I belong to the chapel. That is my church family. Now, I'm not dogging on anybody because honestly, it's a lot with what we grew up with. Some of us grew up in the church, and and we've had this ingrained into our minds that the church is our family, and some haven't. It has been an event to go to. And so the first step to build this culture of family is to get this event mentality out of our heads. Out of our heads. Because you know what happens when you only just go to a church? You know what happens? You do exactly what you do at a concert or a restaurant. You become a consumer. We become a consumer. And consumers are people who just want specific songs, specific messages, specific events in different groups. And you know what? And if they don't get what they want, guess what happens? They leave or they don't come back. They didn't get what they wanted in that situation. And you know what? On top of that, when we become consumers, it's easy to walk in and walk out. Now, there's nothing against that if you're in that season of life, but that's not where you should stay. Remember, one step closer to God and each other through Christ. And so if you begin that way here, you better not stay that way. That's a consumeristic mentality. Okay, when we, we're consumers, we also have this mentality that we judge other people, the way they look, the way they dress, what they believe, even if they're Steelers fans, okay? I had to do it. Sorry, some of you. You see, we become this consumer in our relationship with God because it's something we just go to. It's an event in our minds. What if we embraced John 17? What if we embraced Acts chapter 2, and instead of it being an event to attend, we saw it, and we got that out of our minds, and we embraced this idea that it was a family that we were belonged to. That These chairs here are for you to come here to worship together because we're all held together by God and we're all here together to edify each other so that we can go out into our daily lives and be a witness for Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That's what this family is for. And so when we come here, we see it as a family. Guess what happens? We move from consumer to producer. And so all of a sudden, when you come here and it's not the right message or it's not the right songs or it's not this or that, you know what? You come back next week anyways. Much like you do family. Some of you didn't want to go see family, but you had to because it's your family. You see, when you're a family, you just, you're a part of it, no matter what's going on. And then you start producing things. And so instead of wanting to just walk in and walk out, you start to m- develop relationships. You engage with others. You start embracing people who look different, believe different, act different. You, you begin to use your gifts and resources for others, not just yourself. It's a big deal. And those are just some of the things that happen when you start to develop this idea of family and being a producer. We need to embrace this mentality of family, to build this culture of family. And that's exactly what J.D. Greer says there. But for the next six weeks, we're going to just go through all of these roots. And at the end, we're going to give you very specific steps to take in your spiritual life. And today, though, is just we just need to embrace the why. Because if you don't embrace the why, it's never actually going to happen. If you don't know why you're doing this, you're never going to move from event to family mentality. And so I think Erwin McManus says the why very clear. He says, home is ultimately not about a place to live, but about the people with whom you are most fully alive. Home is about love, relationship, community, and belonging. And we are all searching for home. The why is simple. God's desire for his people is family. Is family. Because family is oneness, unity, belonging, all held together in Christ. In Christ. And to go further with this, so track with me here, God's desire is family. And you know when this family begins? This family begins with a spiritual belonging. And so just like we sung in that last song before I came up here, this idea that when we place our faith and our trust in Jesus. You know what happens? The scriptures are very clear that we are grafted into the family of God. We are adopted into his family as sons and daughters of the king. Isn't that amazing? Where we once didn't belong in his family, we now have ultimate belonging through Jesus Christ. We have a spiritual belonging in God's family, but it doesn't stop there. This is where the American consumer mentality comes. You say, great, I have this spiritual belonging, but then you do nothing with it. Our spiritual belonging should motivate our physical belonging. God wants our spiritual belonging to motivate us into a physical belonging in a, in a family of other Believers of other people who have trust and faith in Jesus. You see, our spiritual belonging and our physical belonging create this uniqueness and this beauty, but not, like I said, not for our gain. Yes, we are edified when we come together. Yes, we are encouraged. Yes, we are built up. Yes, we are taught. We are all those things. But when we embrace this culture of family, then God can bring more people to himself through us. That's the point. Just like in Acts, they had that beautiful picture of what a family was like all held together through Christ, and yet God added more people to their number every day. Do you see what could happen if we truly embrace this culture of family? Do you see what could happen in our community if we embrace the why and we knew that God wanted to use us so that more people could trust in him? Listen, by 2023, we want people to be able to walk through our doors and say those words, I'm home. We want them to understand that they're a part of a family. That they can hurt. They can be broken. They don't have to be perfect. But we will bring them into our family. Because you know what? God has brought us all into his family. And so let's embrace this culture of family. And I know it's tough with COVID and stuff and not talking or touching and stuff. But we have to take those next steps, especially embracing the why. And so each week, we're also going to challenge you guys to memorize this passage. We actually did this in our Colossians series last year, but we're going to do it again because A, this passage is very fitting for our vision, and B, it's a very good one to memorize because when you memorize scripture, it says that it's written on your heart, and you'll be amazed at how much this will come up if you memorize it. And so take a picture of it, whatever you want. But today, we're going to end by just reading this together, all right? And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Colossians 2, 6, and 7. Let's pray today. God, we thank you so much for the fact that you have adopted us into your family when we place our faith and our trust in you. God, if there's anybody in here today who has yet to take that step in their spiritual journey, God, I pray that you would convict them today to trust you. You have adopted us into your family, but you want us to be a part of a physical family here on earth. So I pray that we would embrace this why. That you would work in our hearts, work in this church, so that more people can be added to your family each day. God, we love you, and we give you all the glory. We pray this in your name. Amen. So excited for our 20th.